Welcome to the Tideline Talks podcast, where we discuss all things related to sports medicine, health and wellness. We dispel common myths and misconceptions regarding healthcare, and we do it in a way that's easy to understand. It's hosted by yours truly, Dr. Michael Slafani, founder of Tideline Sports Performance and Rehabilitation. Hey, everybody. Dr. Michael here again with the Tideline Talks podcast. And today I am joined by Taylor Parado. And Taylor does it all. So Taylor is a coach at CrossFit Havoc. She is a coach for Orange Theory at University Park. And she also has her own personal training business with Taylor Megan Fitness. So thanks, Taylor, for coming aboard the podcast. Appreciate it. Thank you, Dr. Michael. How's it going today? It is going great. It's a great Monday afternoon. So just kicking off the week after a good weekend. So ready to talk a little bit about fitness and your journey and a little bit of everything under the sun. Absolutely. Yeah, um, I feel super lucky that I've gotten to try so many avenues of fitness. And there's so much out there that I still don't do or haven't tried, but it does sometimes feel like I get to do it all, which is really fun. That is good, though. Variety is the spice of life. That's right. right. Well, and I think, too, the, um, you know, the best the best coaches and the best athletes have a little bit of everything right, rather than being so unidimensional and specializing in running in just CrossFit, in just strongman or just whatever, the more variety you bring, the more complete your athlete profile is anyway, right? Absolutely. And like having different goals gives you different exercise modalities to get to where you want to be. And so depending on where your goals are in life, that helps you pick what kind of fitness you get to do. My personal fitness philosophy is it should be something that you like to do. You'll be the most successful in it if it's something that you actually enjoy doing because creating routine helps success and you it won't be a part of your routine if you don't love it. That's true too, right? So you can't can't fit a square square peg in a round hole, yeah, right? Yeah. It's like it has to be something that you actually enjoy. Well, let's back up for a bit. Let's let's talk about you. Tell us a little bit about, you know, your journey. Where are you from and how'd you get involved in so many different fitness avenues? Give us a little background. Absolutely. I grew up in Massachusetts. Um, I started gymnastics when I was three years old. I, from the very beginning, was a kid that liked to climb on and jump off of and flip on things. And my parents decided that they should put me somewhere to put that energy in a productive manner instead of me injuring myself on my own on my couch. Uh, so I've been doing gymnastics since I was three and I did it all the way up through I was 14 when I took a few years off to try a few other sports, got to play field hockey, uh, was a captain of my field hockey and my softball team when I was in high school, played basketball for a very brief amount of time, but I'm five <laughs> feet tall, so that didn't last very long. Uh, and then in college, I went back to gymnastics on a club team. So did gymnastics from three-ish to 22 when I got to officially retire. It was a, a fun, a fun ride. And it gave me a really good background for things like CrossFit. Uh, but what gymnastics never did, and especially when I was growing up in the 90s and 2000s, women never got to lift weights. So I didn't do any weightlifting at all until I was out of college. Uh, and when I was leaving college, I worked for the YMCA. I was an aquatics director. I worked uh, as a lifeguard through high school for a while. And I liked swimming, but we didn't have a swim team where I grew up. That just wasn't an option. We didn't have a pool. Uh, so... I was a lifeguard and I worked for the YMCA and the YMCA had this program called Body Pump and Body Pump by Les Mills is a choreographed barbell fitness that was like at the beginning of HIIT training and it explained this epoch effect and I'd never heard of anything like it and I'd never touched a barbell before. And so 
I it is a literal five pound smart bar and you put two and a half pounds on each side and you put it on your body and you count four counts down, four counts up, four counts down, four counts up to the music for an hour. And it takes you through squats, chest press, rows, clean and presses, like shoulder presses, things that I had never done or heard of before. And I was like, yo, this is really cool. I really like lifting with this barbell. And I was like, I want to teach this. Like I teach swimming, but I want to teach this. I have a little bit of rhythm. I did gymnastics for forever. I like this barbell stuff. I wonder how I can make that happen. And so I approached my um, fitness director at the YMCA and I said, hey, I would love to get certified for this. Can you tell me how to do it? And I went to a local YMCA in Chicago in Lakeview, which is where the Bear Den is if you're about football. And And I got certified. So I started to teach group fitness by teaching body pump. And from there, I, I a whole world of doors was open for me. And so I got uh, certified as a personal trainer next. Well, I think you bring up a good point, too. I think that there are a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of women, uh, female athletes who have never really put a heavy dumbbell or heavy barbell in their hands up until they're an adult. And I think, you know, nowadays, I think that's starting to slowly kind of transition out. We see a lot in the Olympic weightlifting world. A lot of high schools now have access to an Olympic weightlifting team for both men and women. But, you know, I think it. you bring up a good point that, you know, it's very empowering to strength train. Don't get me wrong. Even if you're a cross country runner and your main objective is to run two miles or however long the distance for their meet is, it's still really important. You gain balance, proprioception, body awareness, power production, and it feeds into your overall muscle capacity that you're going to need to run anyway. So you bring up a good point that, you know, if you have never strength trained before or never held a barbell, you may have to wait until you get to a Les Mills class. And, you know, the Les Mills class had a big boom right about the time that you're talking about. So many people were learning how to do, you know, uh, the right form for squats to actually hold a barbell on their back without using the little cushion pad or whatever you see at LA Fitness, right? Like you to actually do a clean to get to the front rack position was a very novel concept at the time. So you got in pretty early then for that. And then from after you taught Les Mills, you said you went off and you became a personal trainer as well. Tell us a little bit about that chapter of your life. Yeah. So it was this uh, moment where I was like, this is so cool. And no one has ever showed me how to do any any of these things. And at the YMCA at the time, if you wanted to be a personal trainer, there were sort of two avenues, right? You could become a NASM, the National Academy of Sports uh, Medicine there, or you could go ACE, the American Council on Exercise. And that was like really it. Uh, and our gym offered a NASM program. So I, I started and I signed up and it was an online course that had one NASM trainer that you like shadowed. And so what I would do was I would take my course online and once a week I would shadow him and a client And it was really great to not only see like the course material and how like that got applied to a person, but also the interpersonal relationships that happen between a personal trainer and a client. And those were the two things in general for me that made me decide that I wanted to take make fitness my career because I love I love bodies. I think bodies are fascinating. I think the human body, the way it works is fascinating. It's one big puzzle for every person that's a little bit different. And we all use the same exercises, right? Like we all should squat. We all should carry. We all should press. But that impacts everyone's body a little bit differently, not only from like an anatomy standpoint, but from like a person's history standpoint and all the things they've ever done until they get to that squat or press or carry with you. And then watching 
the, in, the interpersonal interaction was really exciting. I love working with people. Um, I've always wanted to help people and that like direct one-on-one access with personal training uh, was something that really appealed to me. That's awesome. That's, and I think you bring up a really good point. That coach-client relationship is paramount. I mean, there is a reason why people pay to work one-on-one with somebody. Because if you don't have that relationship, then what are you what are you doing, right? Like, what is the point then of having having a coach that you work with? And it doesn't have to be in person, right? I mean, you can have a remote coach that you are very close with, right? And they, especially nowadays, you can do a phone call, email. Like, there are so many different ways that you can have an interaction with a coach and if they know you man once once you find the right coach for you too it's like all of a sudden your athletic profile just opens right up and i think that's really cool that you got a chance to experience that early on because that is so important um so then you were still the wide training uh you're doing personal training get certified through nasm what uh how'd you make your way then from what was next after chicago or after illinois yeah so in chicago i worked for the y for a really long time fortunately or unfortunately the y's in chicago had a uh, kind of a mass closing. And so there were, I think, 11. I think now there are three or four. It went, uh, it pretty drastically got cut down. And when that was happening, I um, made the move to what's called the Fitness Formula Clubs. They exist only in Chicago. I think there's 10 of them. And it is a, a club gym. So it has massage. It has uh, some therapies. It has Pilates. It had group fitness and it had personal training. And I had worked there for about a year when I got approached to be the group fitness manager. And I'd still been doing some group fitness, some like cycling, some uh, lifting classes, some personal training, kind of all over the board, teaching swimming, doing all the bits and pieces from my background. But this management position opened up and I had uh, not previously managed anything before. And I was like, sure, I'll give it a try. We'll see what happens. And I had a blast because not only are you now taking that relationship Like I had client relationships, I had relationships with members in my classes, but then I got to help people be the best versions of themselves as group fitness instructors. And the thing about group fitness that is exciting and challenging is that in group fitness, you have the ability to potentially impact 20 to 30 to 40 people all in one hour. You can help them get better in one hour all together, which is a great possibility, but it's about making that connection as strong as a one-on-one connection could be, but in a group of people. And it's about learning visual cues, like making effective programming for a large group of people. How do you scale that programming up? How do you scale that programming down? How do you make people feel encouraged and empowered in a group of people, but on that one-on-one scale? And so I got the ability to help coaches start to be more successful in their own environment, which was really awesome for me. That is cool. What was your uh, leadership style? So as everybody's got their own leadership style and now you're going from sort of a staff member to a more, uh, you know, a managerial leadership position. Are you somebody that likes to do a lot of hands-on leadership? Do you like to lead by example or what was it like transitioning from staff to manager? Yeah. So I think the most important thing in the fitness industry that Um, sometimes ego gets in the way of is we can always learn. So I'm a manager that likes to learn from my um, employees. I want to watch their class and I want to learn something. And then I want to be able to teach something. And I think this uh, exchange where we can be open about some things that we're good at and some things that we're not good at and ways to empower each other is really awesome. 
even as a personal trainer, even as a manager, I go to someone's class or I have a session with someone and there are still things that I am learning every day. So my style was definitely hands-on in a way that like, I want to be there. I want to be in the room. I want to be impacted by you. And I want to see how you impact other people. And I think that is the most honest way to make a connection in the fitness world. That's great. So you were, so now you're the group fitness manager at this gym. Um, you're still in Chicago. Uh, what was the next move for you? Yeah. The next step is where Orange Theory hops on board. Orange mm. Theory comes in here, right about here. The fitness world is amazing, uh, but the fitness world doesn't have a ton of opportunities for, for full-time jobs. And that, and Orange Theory was opening a new studio in the neighborhood I lived in, in Chicago. And with this, they hired like a whole brand new full-time staff for a studio opening. And I had plenty of experience in Chicago and in group fitness. And they uh, chose me to help build a community there. And so what we did was we opened a studio like from the ground up, purchased a new space, painted it, put in rowers, put in treadmills, put in a weight floor and hosted a grand opening. And we I started with them in 2018 and worked at that new studio until 2020, when unfortunately uh, the group fitness in Chicago world shut all the way down. Um, and went virtual, which is a really cool learning opportunity for a lot of people. We learned how to keep those connections online. Um, but I had worked for Orange Theory for about two years when I transferred that job down here to Orange Theory in Florida, where I, where I started to work for University Park, which I had been at University Park since 2020. Um, I love the Orange Theory fitness community is one of the best things about that program. And I uh, recently, about two and a half months ago, became the head coach at that facility. So I am now managing that team of coaches, trying to help them impact our members in in a more positive way. That's cool. I think that's uh, that's really great that you can uh, that you can really kind of change gears like that too, especially to a new location. Because you know, moving to a new city, you know, I know we have a lot of people here in the in the you know western part of the state who are transplants and things like that. But really, moving to a new location, and especially if you're by yourself where you're changing industries or something like that, that takes a lot of gut. So I'll give you a lot of props for doing that because there's not a lot of people that are going to want to just pick up everything, move to, especially, you know, unfortunately during the 2020 time, that is when we saw a lot of, you know, migratory actions happen, right? And so obviously you were one of them. And so just to be able to pick up your safe space and your all of your roots that you had made in the Chicago, Illinois area and then move down here. Fortunately, it sounds like though that you were still part of the Orange Theory track. So at least you were able to stay within kind of the same circuitry, so to speak. It was really nice to have something familiar. The The brand is the same. The workouts are the same. The like organization is the same, but fitness is a lot about community. So finding a, a new community and ingraining yourself that way was hard. Um, and it was really at the pretty beginning of my CrossFit journey that this happened as well. I started CrossFit as a participant while I worked at the Fitness Formula Clubs by going on CrossFit.com and, <laughs> and doing their workout. Becoming a group fitness manager made me realize that it was I needed to have goals. I was doing a lot of, of teaching other people things, but I had lost my own exercise goals. I, um, I just was in a period of my life that I didn't have one. So a friend was like, I think you should try CrossFit. And I was like, I don't know what that is. Please tell me what it is. And a good joke about CrossFit is that CrossFit is kind of hard to explain. Um, but it, she was like, you like to lift, you like to run, you're doing both of those things right now. And you used to do gymnastics. You have the potential to be good at this thing. 
And I said, okay, well, how do I get started? And she said, I go to CrossFit.com and I do whatever workout they write down. And I said, do you do it every day? She goes, yeah, I try to do it every day. And I was like, all right, let's see what happens. And the first day I went on CrossFit.com, it was find a three rep max back squat, strict press, deadlift. <laughs> I was like, oh, this should be wild. Your CrossFit let's, total? Yeah, let's go ahead and get that started right now. Um and for like six months, I followed CrossFit.com and just did their workout every day. And I taught myself how to overhead squat, which was ugly. I'm really glad I have videos of that because someday really soon we're going to compare my current overhead squat to that overhead squat. Good. Taught myself how to do a like full clean, a clean with a squat from the ground. Because although in Les Mills, we got to practice like a power clean and jerk. It was, it started from the hang. It was a light bar. Um, I didn't know that there were 35 pound ladies bars. That was like not a thing I saw or experienced. So we were using a like men's, I'm pretty sure Texas power, like power lifting bar it was definitely not made for Olympic lifting. Um, you know, was like a wild ride getting started toes to bar. The first time I did toes to bar in like a corporate gym was like pretty funny. I was hanging on the pull up bar. Like, I wonder if I can get my toes to go up there. Well, I think, uh, I think you bring up a good point. I think I have a theory that the best CrossFit athletes have a gymnastics background. Mm. I really, I really think so. I mean, even, even the people that go to the CrossFit games now, a lot of them have a pretty strong gymnastics background. It's not the only thing, right? Mm. But I feel like, you know, gymnastics teaches you so many things that have such a good carryover for for CrossFit, right? You've got power production, you've got flexibility, you've got uh, body awareness, but more importantly, you have like the discipline. You have the ability to learn a technique and incorporate that in some way, right? Instead of now a choreographed routine that you would do for gymnastics, right? Now it's like, okay, the workout has 25 toes to bar, right? So now my my whole choreographed routine doesn't necessarily have to do a round off into an Arabic versus whatever, right? Now it comes into like, great, now my routine is I'm going to hit this movement, then I'm going to hit this movement, and then I'm going to hit this, and I'm going to do that for three rounds, right? And I think that there is a lot to be said about that. I think your gymnastics background probably plays a lot into it. Now, the one thing that some gymnasts struggle with is when they start CrossFit is that they may not have a good foundation for weightlifting, for Olympic weightlifting especially. So I know you said that you taught yourself how to do an overhead squat. At what point, so just to back up, most, so if you join a CrossFit gym now, they, just about every gym now in America, you're forced to do what's called on-ramp, elements, foundations. Everybody has a different name for it, right? Um, And it's just a way... Like you said, it's hard to describe what CrossFit is, and CrossFit is very culty. I will be the first person to say that. You are definitely drinking the CrossFit Kool-Aid when you walk into a CrossFit gym. And people joke because it's like, you're the best at exercising, like big whoop-de-doo, right? But really there is a lot of, there's a lot of technique that goes into it. There's a lot of lingo that goes into it. Um, It's not just, um, you know, coming in, lifting a barbell and then doing some box jumps and some burpees and calling it a day. You need to know what AMRAP stands for, how to pace yourself for five rounds for time versus three rounds things like that. And, you know, even just how to do all of those, you know, the duration of those foundations elements on ramp classes differ gym to gym. But I think there's, uh, there's actually been some uh, research study that came out two years ago, talking about that the best way to reduce the risk for CrossFit injuries was to have an actual on ramp. Well, go figure, but now we actually have empirical data behind it, right? Um, So the fact that you were able to start CrossFit by looking at CrossFit.com workouts, 
your gymnastics background saved you then pretty much at that point because there's no way that you're like I didn't know I mean I came from a powerlifting and rugby background I didn't know what a toes to bar was how to do a kip swing like I could barely get my body to like walk upright let alone to find a good natural kip and a good like lever pull arch hollow right that was not happening so how did you transition then from going to kind of remote crossfit.com programming in a corporate gym how did you then transition into like an actual more crossfit or at least like a warehouse gym that was probably more suitable for what you needed to do well first of all you are a hundred percent right an on-ram class would have been the best thing that happened to me let's start right there second of all if you want to start crossfit and your facility has an on-ram class i a hundred percent recommend it even if you can deadlift 500 pounds even if you can back squat 300 pounds it doesn't matter even if you can do many ring muscle-ups an on-ramp class will teach you the foundations of CrossFit that will help you be the most successful because I got to do a really nice 180 when I got to a CrossFit gym. The thing about CrossFit.com is that there I did not understand the scale up, scale down. See, there are workouts on there that are like do L-hanging pull-ups, do L-hanging rope climbs. And like, although I was a gymnast, that is not something that 27-year-old me, five years removed from gymnastics, could just like whip out of my back pocket. Additionally, like cycle cleans with a squat in them. I didn't even really know what that meant. And I couldn't, could not figure out what to do. So there got to be a point where I was um, successful enough at the workouts that I was completing them. But the thing you learn about CrossFit is, and in, an, in every workout, but they don't talk about it the same way, is intended stimulus. What is the intended stimulus of this workout? And I was reading the intended stimuluses on CrossFit.com and not even close to achieving them. Could I do thrusters at 95 pounds? Sure, but I could do three of them and then would have (laughs) to put the bar down. And it was like, try to do this in two minutes. And I was like, that took me eight minutes. Like something isn't happening and I don't know what because I didn't have enough information. So I looked up a local box in my neighborhood. It was like a mile from my house. And I went and did an intro class. And I was like, this is the coolest thing that I've ever watched at the same time. All 10 of you people are doing this thing like you know what you're doing. I mean, coach me now probably would have other things to say to it. But like, could they were all they all looked like they were moving at the correct pace with the correct weight, doing the movements that I had come to learn what they were. But in a sequence that I I didn't really have on my own. The other thing about doing CrossFit in a corporate gym is like we do things in CrossFit now that are like, do wall balls, then get on a bike, then do this. And in a corporate gym, you, you don't make that little circuit in your area. It uh, also removed the intended stimulus from what I was meant to be doing. So I joined a gym um, up there and was doing CrossFit three times a week, like at a facility. And this was really awesome for me. I joined that gym in September of 2019. And if you remember, in October of 2019 was the 2020 Open. Mm-hmm. it was like literally that next month That's right yeah and it still had the five the five when workouts we had five too. workouts yep because so the last one was the last one was the one where they had you had to just accumulate all these reps with the uh, wall balls ring muscle ups and it didn't matter what order you did them in you just had to within i think it was 20 minutes or something like that you had to do basically check off all the movements yeah split it up however you it did. was like karen for wall balls <laughs> it was uh, who knows, a ton of rowing and then 30 ring muscle ups in 20 minutes. And 
I was approximately 30 days into CrossFit in a box. was like, oh, this is going to be really exciting. Um, but I got a taste of competition really quickly. It, I had been in for a month and my coach at the time, who I really like and respect, was like, you should try this whole thing, RX, and see where you end up. You have the gymnastic skills. You can move all of the weights. My double unders at the time were extremely ugly, but you'll get through it and just see how you do and where it goes. And I am so glad that I did that because now I have a like great progression to see every year in the open where I was and what I was doing. And from really that moment on my first open in 2019, it was a 2020 open, I got hooked on competing in CrossFit and it gave me a very clear goal. Well, and I think for those who don't know, the CrossFit Open is basically a series of, it's now three, it used to be five workouts that get released every spring, typically every spring, that 2019 was a weird one, but now it's back to every spring. Um, and they release a workout once per week, and you have four days, you basically have Thursday evening to Monday evening, you can complete it as many times as you want, but everybody that registers, pretty much everybody that does CrossFit is going to do this workout. And they put together, you know, a whole viewing party and everything. They make a big event out of it. But basically, you go through a series of three to five workouts each week and you submit an official score. And you can see where you rank uh, in comparison to other people in your region, which is where people then went on to regionals and then the CrossFit Games. Um, it also allows you to see where you stack up against everybody that works out in your CrossFit gym in a certain, like, um, I can see my friends who do CrossFit in Denver, who do uh, CrossFit in Cleveland. I can see how I stack up against them. Are they still crushing it? Uh, they used to be better than me. Am I, did I finally get the edge on them, right? It's the idea is that it's almost like an online competition that's repeated weekly. Um, it's now used a little bit differently uh, where there's, you know, not necessarily regionals anymore, but there's still progressions in terms of that. But what's really nice is that it serves for a lot of people a really good litmus test on where their skills are and not just where their actual ability to do something. Uh, how good is their endurance? How good is their pacing? How good? Um, these workouts are not necessarily the easiest of workouts. They're usually... Uh, pretty tough. They're usually going to challenge you in some way. So you can use them almost as like a progress report card, um, which then allows you to say, okay, between now and the next open one year later, I would like to, I really need to improve my engine. I really need to improve my efficiency with box jump overs, right? You just, or wall walks. Uh, nobody saw that coming the other year, right? It's like, oh man, I need to really get better at that because I've been practicing handstand pushups and handstand walks. I forgot what the regression was. But just for those who don't know, that's a little about the CrossFit Open. So you do your first CrossFit Open and you're 30 days into CrossFit. You know, you probably didn't have a very good, strong progress report. And especially if you're doing an RX, props for that. So how far did you get in that CrossFit Open? Were you able to do everything? Was Except a ring muscle. It was the only thing I got a zero on uh, was a ring muscle. I got my first handstand push-up that day uh, that we did, Diane, plus whatever was after it. I think I got like, I think the workout was 21 15, nine, but deadlifts, handstand pushups. And I did 21 deadlifts in like 50 seconds. And then I stood <laughs> at that wall for the remainder of the like 13 minutes or whatever it was. And I was like, today's the day you're going to get a handstand pushup. And I ended up getting six of them, which nice. was awesome. Really um, nice. But, uh, and then it was lots of pull-ups, lots of ugly double unders, lots of ugly toes to bar. But what it did was give me the like open book of like, okay, 
this is what being well-rounded at CrossFit looks like, which is something I also did not really understand from my workouts on CrossFit.com. It was like, if you were to give someone that, because the, the hopper method to be the best at everything, you have to be strong, you should be fast, you have to be good at endurance, you have to have gymnastic skills, and then you have to have that intangible, I know my body, I know my pace, I know how to do this thing, and you make it all the way through all five of those workouts. Um, not only did that shape me as an athlete, but as a coach, it is really hard to focus on getting better at five things at once. It is almost impossible, in fact, to focus on getting better at five things at once. And what that showed me was, I'm not going to try to get better at all five things at once. I'm going to pick two things and I'm going to try to get better at those. And once I feel like I'm at a working level, now it's time to work on the next two things and see if we can get better at those two things at once. Um, and that I had never quite understood in the reality of what it's like to move a human body that way. And it works for me and my clients. People in the fitness world always want to overhaul. Let's overhaul all of this. I want to be better in 30 days, but that's so unrealistic. So what I've learned is like, what is the top priority and how can we like reduce the harm of all these other things? If your top priority is you have to get better at your engine. Great. How do we do that and minimize your strength loss? I did a podcast episode uh, several months ago talking about how fitness is like Dungeons and Dragons. You've only got so many points in your player profile, right? You need to be judicious with how you allocate those points, right? Now, if you are, say, somebody that naturally gravitates towards strength and you are like, hey, you know what? I'm going to go into powerlifting because I can really maximize all of my strength. That's great. Just know that your player profile probably has the cardio of nothing, right? And that's totally, and that's totally fine. There's no judgment against that. But when it comes to something like CrossFit, it's so multidimensional that your little web of player profile gets scattered all over the place. And you're right. It is daunting because you look at things like, man, I need to get more efficient at running. I need to get um, I need to get more gymnastic skills down. I need to get my barbell uh, efficiency needs to get up. Right. And there are if you concentrate on everything, you just kind of split yourself into too many pieces and it all falls to shit. Right. And it's really, really frustrating especially if you're newer to CrossFit because you're like, man, I'm good at a little things, but I suck at a lot of things, right? And so I think you bring up a good point because you have to be able to have the discipline to know that, hey, I'm going to work on this and it's okay if I drop one or two points in another category because either I'm naturally good at that anyway, so it'll bounce back, or that's okay because right now my main focus is to really build up this particular area, you know, and I think for some people, like for me, it's my cardio. Every single open, every single workout, if it's anything longer than 12 minutes, I know my body that my engine's going to crap out. And uh, that's just the way that it is. And if I were to spend a lot of time working on that, it would probably get better. But there is there or maybe some people are really strong, but they suck at doing bar muscle ups because they are strong. They're a little bit heavier. And now they've got to fling their body up onto a bar in one movement on one strong lever pull. And that may not be natural to them. That may take a lot more work. Or maybe they're like, say, uh, more of a cross country style athlete, super strong endurance wise. They can run five minute mile. They'll do box jumps and burpees all day long. But man, you put a deadlift in there at 225, 155, and they just fall apart, right? And so you bring up a good point that you have to, uh, what is it that Ron Swanson said? He was like, you know, whole ass one thing, don't half, uh, don't half ass anything else, right? So you really do have to have the discipline then to do that. 
So um, at this point, you decide that you did want to work on a couple things. Were you still doing group classes at the CrossFit gym at this time, or did you splinter off to do something else? So at that time, I still had so much to learn that I was I was all in on group class. And I followed my programming in Chicago. And then when I moved down to Florida, the programming at Havoc for an entire year, I was like, I have so much to learn that I'm just going to take this as far as I can take it. And I want to see what happens if I stay disciplined and follow this program for a year. Because I think the other thing that happens sometimes in our programming is not only do we get impatient for skills or numbers or we want to max out or whatever, but is that we stop following a program. And science shows us that if you follow a program, any program, a program for what you like, that is the best way to make gains, even if it's a bad program, to to successfully commit to one thing over the long haul is how you get better. When I noticed that no matter what I was doing, my engine, and it's my engine, was not uh, improving, I was seeking programming to improve my engine. And I went and did Comtrain's program for an entire year. It was the best thing that happened to my engine and the worst thing that happened to my bride in a very long time. <laughs> it is a tough... Tell us a little bit about Comtrain for those who aren't familiar Yeah, so with Comtrain it. is uh, out of CrossFit New England. It is run by Ben Bergeron. It is a one of these like CrossFit monsters. It is like one of the biggest CrossFit names in the industry. And it is one of the original programmers for CrossFit. They were, they were towards the beginning of the sport. And... Um, it is about two hours of Ben Bergeron kicking your butt every day via programming. And I did it uh, virtually. So I received the workout on the CompTrain app on my phone. I would check it all off. You could look at where you fell on the leaderboard. But for me, the biggest benefit of it was lots of barbell cycling, lots of endurance work. And not only like burpees and box jumps, but like lots of echo bike, lots of skier, lots of rowing mixed with some of these higher skill movements, right? Because building your engine on your own, you could go run outside for 45 minutes, but in a CrossFit workout, you need to be able to then do those skills afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was was my biggest focus for the 2022 Open this past year. And it paid off in dividends, but oh man, I got my butt kicked all the way through that year to get to where I am now. Yeah, because this past year, the, even the first the first workout, I think, was the worst, I think, the, for endurance-wise. I don't know. I mean, we're short, so yeah, it's like short. the wall walks were, well, the wall walks were tough for me. They may yes. not have been that tough for you, but then it was like the, the, the box jump overs is where I fell apart so hard because the dumbbell snatch, it's like, that is like nothing, right? But this year, man, those, those, and that was long. That workout was very long. Yes. Um, and I originally looking at the workout thought that, oh, 10 rounds, no big deal. And I did it twice and I fought really hard to get nine rounds. And I was super proud of myself. And I actually think it was my best finish in the open. And it's because I'd spent an entire year doing that mm-hmm. on repeat, like cycling dumbbells and jumping on a box. And it isn't the most fun, but it really paid off for me, which was really cool. And it, and it, uh, validated my reasoning that you can really work on one or two things and not lose too many of the other things. How did you do on the deadlift then? Because the next the next week, 22.2, then had, I would call it a light deadlift, but for some it was probably, it's probably it was 155, 225. Yeah, it was the, working weight deadlifts, yes. if you will. They weren't light, but they weren't really heavy either. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not pleased with my performance, but I will be my own biggest critic. I really wanted to finish that. 
I got back down to the round of six, which is a fine score. I scored just fine on that workout. Um, but I like deadlifts. I do not like bar facing burpees. That that was so that I was the same with you. I yeah. got to just about that point in yeah. the six or the fives on the descending platform, right? And I felt like all I did was burpees. Like the deadlifts were just flew through, and I felt like all I I felt like uh, one of those robots where it's like up B down B down up A down A because it was like I finished my deadlift and it's like down for the burpee, come up, hop over, turn around. It was like the same constant cycle. I did it at CrossFit Lena and there was just, as I was going back and forth, I picked a spot on the wall, on each wall. And it was like, every time I just looked at the other wall, then I looked at the other wall and it was just the biggest grind ever. Oh, that workout was like, how much are you willing to suffer? Yes. And my answer was back down to the round of six <laughs> and I'm doing it one time and that's it. Yes. Um, that workout uh, was really a good mental test and it showed me that there are moments that I need to like get a little mentally tougher and just suck it up and keep going. Although I did learn a really fun term recently that those are called barfing burpees, like bar facing. <laughs> and I was like, yes, do agree. That is what that felt like. And I like gymnastics. So that third workout went well for me, the pull-ups, chest to bar, muscle-ups workout. And I did get to finish it, which was really exciting. And yeah. last year, my big goal was to make it to the quarterfinals, which is what happened for me last year. So that was uh, really uh, was a year of really hard work and it paid off. Nice. And How'd you do in quarter? How did quarterfinals feel? Quarter, the goal was to make it to quarterfinals. So I was like happy to be there. And just as that open was year one, a like good test of like, this is what CrossFit looks like. I was like, okay, now this is what competitive CrossFit looks like. I'm happy to be here. Now let's see where I fall. Uh, my goal was to be in the top half. So there were 6,400 women in the, we were in North America last year, yes, but in North America that made it. And I finished 1,571st, I think. That's so pretty good. well above the That's, top half. That is very good then. Yeah. And I'm lucky that when things get competitive, there are skills that some people don't have that I do have. I can do ring muscle ups. They're not beautiful and I can't string more than five of them together, but I have some. Mm -hmm. And that is a big um, point jump. I... I can do pistols and I can do 30 of them at a time. And that is a skill that not everybody has. And that's a big, was a big jump for me. Uh, we got to do a whole strength test. It was so cool, a whole workout. And I did pretty well there. And so that was a good, big jump for me. It was, me. Uh, help me out, it was front squat, bench press, overhead yes. squat. Yes, right? so the yeah. CrossFit total that we spoke of earlier, a back squat, a strict press, and a deadlift. CrossFit's other total is a clean, a bench press, and an overhead squat. Mm -hmm. So we got to do the other total. It was so cool. Contrain had programmed it six months beforehand. So I had numbers that I was shooting for and I beat them all, which was really nice. 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 It was a really, that was a really fun, like, oh, see, we still lift weights and we're <laughs> still good at it. This is gratifying. We should get to do this too. I PR'd my bench press, which is something as CrossFitters we don't get to do very often. So that was really fun. Well, I was just about to say, because you then, after the Open, you decided to work individually with your own coach, right? Yes. So tell us a little bit about what went into that. So you finish, you do the CrossFit Open, you qualify for quarterfinals, which is the next stage. Yes. Um, you finish that, and then very few people make it to the semifinals. I mean, oh. we're talking about, like, the filter gets very strong. As yes, you go through. absolutely. So even just making it to quarterfinals is awesome. Was huge. Was the goal. Yeah, so I finished the season um, with Comtrain, stayed through quarterfinals. And then after quarterfinals, I was uh, trying to determine if programming like Comtrain, which 
is less specific than like at a affiliate. Affiliates get to choose their own programming. Comp train is programming for the masses, but but competitive. So affiliate can be competitive or not, depends on what your uh, affiliate offers. Then comp train was to be competitive. And then it was like, okay, so we've addressed some of my engine issues. Now we need to fill some gaps. What, what am I missing and how am I going to get there? And am I the person that should be making those judgment calls off of CompTrain's programming? Or should I let someone objective, that is not me, fill those, fill those calls? Because I'm a, I'm a Orange Theory coach. I'm a CrossFit coach. I own a personal training business. I spend a lot of time evaluating fitness. But something that you learn is like you are emotionally connected to your own fitness. We all are. And so I needed someone that was not emotionally connected to my fitness to tell me what I need to work on. Because I have things that I think I'm great at and I'm sure I'm fine at them, but that's not where I should be spending my time or allocating my resources in that way. Or there are things that like I'm okay at, but definitely need to get better at. And I need someone else to lead me in that direction. Um, So I, we live in Southwest Florida and I was interested in finding a coach that was local-ish or at least on the same time zone because as someone that works in remote coaching I have clients that are not on my time zone and I was uninterested in managing my three-part schedule and a coach in a different time zone schedule Uh, so I looked up brute strength if uh, that's something that you're familiar with they're down in Naples and Matt Torres is one of their coaches there he also coaches a few games athletes so I reached out to him uh, and you fill out an application. So we had like a nice one-on-one call to see if I was a good fit for what he was offering. Um, and he absolutely is. And we've been working together for a few months now. How's it going? Do you it's like it? It's great, yeah. man. I mean, do I like it? No, I have to do all the things that I'm very <laughs> bad at every day. Um, but that's, it's good. It's exactly what I need. It is the correct next step for me. Um, which is why people hire a, a personal trainer. It's because I would never make myself do the things that I'm doing. And that's why I'm doing it right now is if my goal is to continue to improve in this competitive CrossFit world, I need to start to get better at the things I don't like or I'm not good at. And I need to like the things that I don't like. And it's, it's funny because when I started, I started CrossFit when I was doing my sports medicine residency up at the Cleveland Clinic. And I just did it because I missed rugby and I couldn't play anymore, but I wanted to try something new. Well, during residency, I was working my ass off and I like I was just lucky just to get through a workout. But it was great because I was part of a really great gym that is no longer in existence, but it was amazing. I moved then to Denver to take my next job and I was like, great, I'm only working like 55 hours a week. Now I can really actually focus on some things that I wanted to do. So I would, you know, somebody said, oh, I get better at CrossFit by going to open gym and just doing workouts by myself one or two days a week. Well, what do I do? I go to open gym and I make my own programming. What do you know? It's all a bunch of stuff that I'm really good at. We're going to do some heavy snatches. We're going to do some bar muscle ups, right? And I'm like, man, yeah, going to open gym is great. I could, it's really fun. And then finally, one of the coaches sat down and she's like, you realize you're just programming for everything that you like. She's like, let me just show you what I would program for you. I did one workout, went outside, threw up. And she was like, Good. And they had at the time they had a um, they don't do this in many gyms anymore. They had a competitors class and it was for people that were RX plus um, the gym that I was working out with. They took a team to regionals. So they selected me to be as part of like their scout team, which is really humbling because then you're working out next to the coaches who are going to regionals. And I'm like, dude, I'm an average Joe that just likes to CrossFit. And yeah, I'm RX plus. But like 
that's very different than when you're up at the coaches. And it was the same thing. It was like, I got demolished. And it was, but you know what though? It was so humbling because it was just like what you said. I would never program this for myself. I learned a lot about who I was. I learned a lot about what I am not good at and whether or not I'm going to look adversity in the face and actually get better or am I going to look at it and shy away from it and I'll tell you what it was it was really humbling because you know you with cross being so multi-dimensional you're going to have spokes on that wheel that really speak to you that are super easy feel very comfortable but then you're going to have those other little tracks on there that are so wildly uncomfortable that like you know I just hear the word thruster and I already cringe right and it's like you know but so it's it's very different so I'm glad that you found somebody that you work with because it is it's and it's tough to find good coaches sometimes too and I think um can you because you have your own personal training business so let's merge the two tell us a little bit about um how how you decided to work with your current coach and what makes him such a good fit versus uh, in conjunction with how people who that you work with in your personal training business, why you're a good fit for them. Can you talk a little bit about what makes a good coach-client relationship? Absolutely. So I started this conversation off by telling you that in fitness, you have to find something you like or you will not do it. So just like we had just said, like, yeah, I've got to do a whole bunch of stuff now that I don't like, but I really like the outcome. I am really like seeing the fruits of my labor come on out here. Like I can now efficiently bike 12 calories without wanting to die. <laughs> so I guess that's an improvement. Um, and for CrossFit specific stuff, that makes a lot of sense. But what I like is it seems to me that we are moving through really intelligent programming. I have, I've gained strength. My capacity is getting uh, larger for my gymnastics movements. I am working just the most barbell volume of that I've ever worked, which is really not comfortable, but it is giving me the results that I asked for. I, when I work with my clients, am very specific in, I will give you the results that you're asking for, but you have to trust me that sometimes we're going to be uncomfortable. And that is a hard barrier to break because you you are, in order to make some goals and gains, going to have to get uncomfortable, especially my clients that love strength. Sometimes we're going to do 20s. It's not fun to do 20s back squats. It really isn't. But like that's what's going to help us get through here. Or some of my clients that are more interested in fat loss, like we really are going to do two minutes of burpees. We're really going to do them and you're going to be fine. You are, I promise. But we're really going to do that. Or even my clients that do endurance. I program like sprint days. And yep, you are going to get out of that comfy pace, that nice like nine minute mile pace that feels really cool. And we can do a whole half marathon there. Too bad. Today, it's time to turn it up. And we're going to really like see what happens if we like put our foot on the gas. How long can we sustain there? Um, I think communication with your clients or members or whoever it is, is the most important. I know a lot of things about sports and fitness, but you know a lot of things about your body. Please tell me things about your body, especially if something is feeling weird or strange or not uncomfortable because we can be uncomfortable, but we can't be in pain. Mm -hmm. And so what, what, where is the difference there? And let's learn about each other and what our tolerance is in, in that sort of way. Um, another thing that is really important to me with my clients is I want you to get strong. I want you to be conditioned, but really I want you to be confident. 
And I don't want you to be confident inside of the gym. I do. That's great. But I want that to translate like out in the world. I want you to be successful doing things that are uncomfortable so that you're when you enter an uncomfortable situation in the world, and we're all adults in the world, we run into uncomfortable situations probably daily, but at least weekly, if not then, that you know that this is uncomfortable, but you will be successful here or you have the tools to be successful here. And I think the biggest thing for me about fitness is like, yeah, physical changes are great. Who doesn't want to look great? Like performance goals are awesome. Who doesn't want to snatch or clean tons of weight? But the most important changes we make are like within ourselves and our confidence that like, look, I'm tough. I can do hard things. I can set a plan and I can stick to it. Or for some of those whose mindset is really different, like I can say no. I've learned to to take a rest day, to say no. And and I can do that in my personal life too. I can say no to this project. I can say no to this event that I don't want to go to. It's gaining that that confidence in yourself that I think is the most important thing about fitness. And that's what I work really hard with my clients on. And I think that's really great too, because that just, it, it proves that what we do in the gym has such a big trickle down effect to the rest of our life. I mean, you may be two hours, but most people are about one hour in the gym, right? And what do you do with the other 23? Maybe the other eight of those you're sleeping, but really outside of that, it's like, what are you doing? How are you interacting with the world? And are you just shying away? Or are you actually doing something where you feel empowered? Do you feel used to confidence, right? You know, how, how do you carry yourself? And I think you can tell the people who have been comfortable with the uncomfortable because of the way that they interact with other people, they interact at the gym, they interact just in different situations. You can tell those people. And I think a lot of people gravitate towards them and they're very likable because they have a lot of respect for them too. Um, and it doesn't have to be this hardcore military style thing. It's just literally just like, hey, you know what? I've rubbed my shoulder up against with a lot of things that are really uncomfortable and I came out just fine. I bet you can too. And, you know, it's almost like a band of brothers kind of deal too. So I think that's really great. Especially in group fitness, because you have to be uncomfortable around other people. Mm. And this is hard too. Um, in CrossFit, in Orange Theory, I, we push people to be uncomfortable and in front of other people. And the one thing I would like to say for people that want to try either of those things, no one is watching you but your coach. Your coach is the only one watching you. <laughs> people aren't watching you. They're working so hard trying to hold on themselves that uh, they don't have time to watch you or energy. But you should try these things and you should try them around other people because it bonds you as a community like nothing else. The other thing I will give to both Orange Theory and CrossFit that I think is awesome, awesome, is benchmarks. They have benchmark workouts. They have benchmark workouts that we test periodically to see how you're doing and how you're improving. Um, and there is a lot of things in the fitness world that I don't love as benchmarks. Like how much do you weigh or how much do you eat or how much do you sleep? Like those things are super important for some aspects of fitness and not so important for other aspects of fitness, but benchmarks, a like objective number at an experience is a really cool non-scale victory to test your fitness against all the time. And Orange Theory does a great job at that and CrossFit does a great job at that. And I agree because otherwise, you know, especially unless you're competing, which um, I know there's a couple competitions in Orange Theory, but there are quite a few in CrossFit. But unless you're competing on a regular basis, you really are only brushing up against the people that you go to the same class with. Right. And so I think how do you know whether or not you are getting better? Are you getting faster? Are you getting stronger? 
Do you, I mean, you have the open, but then also that's only once a year. It's nice to have something that's a little bit more regular, but like you said, it has to be repeatable. So you need to do it in some orderly fashion, whether it's 12 weeks or 24 weeks or some type of, you know, meso or macro cycle on there. Right. So I think, um, yeah, you hit it right on the head. Orange Theory is a little bit more predictable about it than CrossFit. Orange Theory has their <laughs> benchmarks uh, like once a quarter. And so you get to test them a few times a year. And this is really awesome uh, that it's predictable. CrossFit loves the unknown and unknowable. So we do them, you know, when we feel like it. But uh, the other thing about Orange Theory in particular that I like is that all the data, you get all the data, you get your speed every day on the treadmill, you get your meters road, you get your weights that you use on the floor, all of that uh, data. In CrossFit, you can as well. Lots of apps, lots of tracking devices. And my other thing that I am so aware of in both of these modalities is that the best person to compare yourself to is you. You are the best person to compare yourself to. It does not matter that the person next to me is snatching double what I'm snatching. It does not matter that they got off the bike 15 seconds faster than me. It does not matter in Orange Theory that they rode a thousand meters further than me today. I should compare myself against me. And that is the only real way to know if you're getting better because the person next to you's journey, although can be supportive of yours, has no impact on your journey. Correct. I had a friend in, in Denver that I did CrossFit with that fell victim to this so hard. All they wanted to do was look at, we use an app called Wattify and it, it literally, you type in your score and it will actually rank you for that day. Um, you know, on, on first place, second place, third place, all the way through. Man, he fell so hard to that. And it was just, you know, there were a lot of accusations that fly around after that. But you are absolutely right. It's like if the second that, what is that? Comparison is the thief of joy. And it is 100% true. It's, and I think, yeah. And I think that, you know, there are people like uh, our office manager, Brandon, he loves working out by himself. He's a bodybuilder that works for him. And I think, you know, there are pros and cons to each. And I think one of the biggest pitfalls for group fitness, and I love group fitness too, is the comparison factor. Uh, other than that, group fitness is so empowering and it's so much fun. And like you said, there's a huge community aspect of it. Uh, but yeah, I think that is where a lot of people fall victim to, especially for whatever reason in the beginning. I feel like after a while, you know, like, I mean, I've been doing CrossFit for almost 10 years now. And I know that I had my glory days. They may or may not have come and gone or whatever. But it's like I really stopped comparing myself to other people. But man, in the beginning, it was just there's such a huge barrier to entry on that comparison level that I think it can for some people, it can even stop them from even walking into the gym and walking into group fitness. You know, there are some people like uh, when I told people that I do CrossFit, they're like, oh, I have to really get in shape before I do this. Like, no, you don't. You know, same thing with like, you know, not to pick on Orange Theory or F45 or another modality It's like, oh, I need to practice my running before I go into Orange Theory. And it's like, no, just show up. Like there are ways that you can modify. And also who cares what you ended up doing compared to the person on the tread next to you, right? Like does not matter. Like, you know, everybody's got their strengths and weakness and it's your journey. Oh, there are two things from that that I have to touch on. First of all, I wish that all of us would stop saying, once I this, then I can this. Yes. There is no right time to start anything. The time is right now. If you want to do something and you're waiting until you lose 10 pounds, can run a 10-minute mile, can lift 300 pounds, it, you're not going to get there until you start. Mm -hmm. Like, point blank. You're just not going to get there until you start. And if 
you all in the world want to give a Christmas present to me, it would be to just start whatever you're doing. Just start it. It's the way to get it done. But it's this lack of confidence, in my opinion, or this like feeling of inadequacy that tells ourselves, well, I'm not I'm not ready. I can't do that yet. And um, it it's really hard to watch that happen as a coach because what you're doing is slowing your own progress down. If you were to just let all of that go and be where you are, you would be further ahead than this whole, I'm, I'm going to push past my limits, become unsuccessful because I feel like I need to be further than I am. And I see it happen like really regularly still, because this is a very human thing. This is one of these things about, uh, fitness that I love. It's just so human. People really, really feel that way. I tell every single person, Orange Theory has power walkers, joggers, and runners. I started Orange Theory as a jogger at the slowest speed that they recommend for joggers. I am a coach there. I've coached there for four years. I am now the head coach there. I now run on the treadmill. Now, now I run on the treadmill. And it was something that because my goal was to get better at my engine to get better at cardio, I was like, okay, I have this beautiful opportunity. They provide cardio interval training. This is literally the thing I need to get better at. <laughs> Let's use this and get better at it. And I wouldn't be where I am in CrossFit today without Orange Theory and especially the cardio aspect of it because I am not good at that. And the beauty of it is someone says, three, two, one, go. And you don't think you just go. And you go at the pace that works for you which is my other favorite thing about Orange Theory is they meet you exactly where you are. And when you do yourself the service of just being where you are, then you get the most benefit out of that interval training. I will say this on the other side for CrossFit. CrossFit will meet you where you are if you are willing to scale. And most of us should scale regularly, especially to meet the intended stimulus. If, if the weight or the movement can happen, but not effectively, it's time to work that weight or that movement in a like EMOM style workout where you get the opportunity to work on that. Just pure skill work. But in the conditioning realm, you need to pick a, a skill, a weight, a movement that you can do successfully. And you will actually see more improvements from scaling than you will from RXing just because. And I am the like, I am the biggest uh, like red flag. I, I did it. I did it all. Of course, when I started, I was like, I should be good at this. I was a gymnast. I'm a coach. How come I'm not good at this? And I did tons of things that were, that definitely put me back six months to a year. And if I had just done them correctly round one at a weight that I could have done them at, then I would be further than I am. hundred percent. I did it. I did a podcast episode as well about like how people have this shame about scaling. And I'm like, I promise you, sometimes you're better off for it. Like I, th I find that the biggest, well, outside of like a learning curve, the weight's too heavy, things like that. Once you get to more of that intermediate, intermediate advanced, the best time to scale is closer to that burnout stage, right? You know, it's like, listen, if you got a workout that programs 50 butterfly pull-ups, right? Can you do them? Of course you can. But you know what? What if you broke that down into 10 strict? Man, I bet your body has not experienced a strict pull-up if you do CrossFit on a regular basis <laughs> for a very long time, right? And, you know, all of a sudden, man, your shoulders might feel better. And I think that, you know, yeah, it's so eye-opening, right? And I think that people are nervous to scale because they're not going to get that intended stimulus. But sometimes you need it just to give your body a break from the 
CrossFit, the Orange Theory, the whatever your workout modality is, sometimes you need just, you're still there, but you're not giving 100% because you can't pour from an empty cup. So you're always going at 100%. And I usually, back when I did CrossFit on a more regular basis, if I would scale, usually if I had to work out five days in a row and I'm on Friday and I'm like, you know what? Like, it, so what? I have just been in the gym for four days. I gave 110% for four days in a row. It's now my fifth day in a row. You know what? Either I'm going to scale the workout, either the movement itself, or I'm just going to scale my own RPE, my own intensity that I am, am perceiving my exertion at. And you know what? I, I wish I would have done that sooner because I'm 10 years into it. And it's like those days that I scale, sometimes I'm like, man, that was a tougher workout than the workout that I went balls to the wall on, you know? And it just, it's true. It is true. And so at Orange Theory, we call that a green day. Orange Theory has really great technology where you can actually see your zones. So some people talk about zone one through five. Green is that zone three. You're working hard. You're getting a great workout, but it is uh, not quite as high intensity. And with high intensity workouts, Orange Theory, CrossFit, F45, to my understanding, all these things that are like hit training workouts, your body does not really want to do that five days in a row. It really doesn't. Um, I'm a big fan of three days on, one day off, two days on, one day off. I also have people that do two days on, two days off, two days on, two days off. It's real cool. Uh, those things are all really important for your body. There's no such thing as overtraining, only under recovering. And your body needs that recovery. And if you can figure out a way to use your recovery to your advantage, you will straight up perform better. 100%. 100%. Well, this is great. Uh, so tell us what's next for you. I know you've got the Open coming up, which you're obviously doing a lot of programming for and a lot of uh, coaching for. What else is in the works for, for you and your personal and or business life? Yeah. So CrossFit Havoc is having the Havoc Games March 4th. It is going to be a part of this Manatee Strength Expo happening uh, in March and I'm really excited. I have a partner for that. We will be competing as a team meatball, I hope, which should be excellent. Um, we'll be there for that, too. Yeah. So uh, our practice timeline will be doing athlete services for um, for anybody that's competing in the Manatee Strength Expo. Great. Get ready for me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we'll be there. Um, Orange Theory's big kickoff in the new year happens every January. We're really excited for it. So we've got uh, a a kickoff challenge called the Transformation Challenge. Happens at the beginning of the year, every year. Uh, so you don't have to wait to the new year to start your goals. So come join us. Check it out. But if you want to join in, we will do a challenge in January. Um, and Havoc currently is doing Rovember to see who can row the most meters in November. I have like 15,000 so far. <laughs> it's November. That's insane. Yeah, I've got a whole lot of meters rowed so far, uh, so that's really exciting. <laughs> We're having a lot of fun uh, getting better at rowing. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time hopping on the podcast with us, and we'll plug everything that you got in our show notes, too, so people can reach out to you and uh, people get in touch with you, whether it's Orange Theory, CrossFit, your own personal training uh, business as well, so we'll make sure people get, get a hold of you any which way. So thanks again for everything. Thank you so much. Hey, real quick, before you go, I just wanted to say thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share with others by taking a screenshot of this episode and posting it to your story on Instagram by tagging at Tideline Sports Performance so we can repost it. 
And to stay up on all the latest from us, make sure you follow at Tideline Sports Performance on Instagram and Facebook. And of course, make sure you like and subscribe to this podcast. All right, guys, catch you next episode.